you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys coming on the show and doing all that good stuff. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, we have uh, some of the most amazing people on the show. And I got to tell you, I don't know what you guys are doing out there in viral land or what's going on with the podcast, but every month, or all month long in January, since about the 3rd, we've been hitting like record peaks. And it's just insane. I don't know if this is like a gym effect. We've never really seen this before. After 15 years, but there's like a gym effect of people, I guess, who did New Year's resolutions that I'm going to listen to more podcasts and get inspired. But we're up over 245% as of this morning's numbers, and we're still hitting records every month. So thanks to all the new listeners out there who are joining the show and all that good stuff. We certainly appreciate you guys being there. And uh, yeah, welcome, welcome. It, do you know how hard it is to move a show that has millions of downloads to a 245% thing? It's just fucking crazy. So we're trying to just ride the lightning and enjoy you guys. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, if you listen to the show, you're going to get epiphanies and new ideas every show. So keep keep listening and doing what you're doing. But one thing we do want to ask the new listeners to do, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and uh, all the other places we are on the interwebs. You'll hear them. I, we plug every show up beginning and end, so uh, you'll, you'll get sick of it after a while. But the rest of the show is awesome. As always, we have the CEOs, the billionaires, the Pulitzer Prize winners, the great authors, and uh, people who've taken their life stories, their traumas, their their uh, dichotomies, their their crucifixes they've been on, all, all the different things that they've learned in life. And they bring their stories to the show. And today we have another amazing woman on the show. Allison is on the show with us today. Let me get uh, the pull up for her screen. Allison Chabot is on the show with us today, and she is a licensed, licensed, I can't speak this morning. She is a <laughs> licensed therapist, international speaker, and mindset and transformation coach. And uh, she'll be joining us on the show and talking about some of the things that she does to help people end shame and limiting beliefs and to find relentless self-love and empowerment that's all i need evidently uh, to get through life that and uh, if i can <laughs> learn to pronounce stuff that pronunciate stuff that'd be great she is licensed therapist on a mission to help people break free from shame and limiting beliefs so they can find their way to relentless radical love self-love and empowerment and connect with their personal uniqueness and realign with their authentic divinity and greatest purpose welcome to show allison how are you I'm doing all right. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you as well. Give us your .com yeah. so we can find you on the interwebs, please. Yeah, my .com, www.anotefromyourtherapist.com. A, a note from your therapist. Is that a good note or a bad note, or is that like a get me out of school note? I think it you know, maybe depends on the day note. There you go. So, <laughs> so give us a 30,000 overview of what you do and how you do it in your words. Yeah, what do I do? So I became, as you said, I'm a licensed therapist and I specialize in anxiety, trauma, and sex and intimacy. So I see all sorts of people from all walks of life. But, you know, my mission has really been in the last you know, several years 
to help people, particularly women, high functioning women, people who are really successful, just kind of get out of their own damn way. And, you know, I always kind of joke, like, I want people to hustle, hustle with passion rather than pressure. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's been kind of my, my jam for a while is finding clients, talking on podcasts, and really hoping that someone can learn how to, you know, just live their best damn life. There and, you and, go. And we're, all, we're all trying <laughs> to figure out how to live our best damn life. Oh, my that God. Or, amen to that. That or some people are really good at living the worst ways of their life but uh, i think most of them are in prison so there you go i don't know why we're shaming people in prison today but uh, there we are so give us a a background story on you how did you get in this business how did you grow up i I think you have kind of an origin story that led you into the business you're in i sure do so you know i'm i'm an 80s 80s gal 90s gal and when i was in middle school high school honestly even into college I really struggled and I had a bit of a breaking point in high school where I had a horrible anxiety attack and landed myself in the emergency room. And the end of that story was them just saying, good luck, Godspeed, you know, no medication. There was not a referral (laughs) to a therapist. And over the course of my life, it kind of transmuted a bit. And I think instead of having something like an overt panic attack, you can't breathe, you can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, my anxiety kind of became more internal. And so I became a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really just put the, the metal to the pedal and really got to a point where I burnt myself out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that's a particularly interesting or unique story. But the aha moment that I had I was in my mid 30s at this point, and I had a huge corporate job. I, great success. And I just looked at my life and thought, I can't do this another fucking day. And I quit everything and became a happy hour bartender, went back to school and really started to focus on what the hell do I want in my life? And the one thing that I knew, I had always been marginally obsessed with like true crime, forensic psychology, that kind of, that kind of thing. (laughs) And in my college degree, I had worked at a hospital helping survivors of sexual assault. So I had a lot of background in trauma in, you know, what happens when someone survives something really serious. But I really wanted to learn a lot more on what happens on the other side. So speaking of prisons, I went back to jails, really. I went back to school and I got an internship in Breakers Island in New York City. Oh, wow. And I worked in solitary confinement in an all mill unit. And that was one of the first places I trained to become a therapist. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I got a pretty big fast pass. (laughs) You know, if you can be in solitary confinement (laughs) at Rikers Island and find a way and a language to talk to people about mental health Mm -hmm. and to Mm -hmm. try to encourage them to the best of your ability to, you know, learn some skills and how to live a better life, live a more aligned life, you know. On the other side of that experience, it's it's a lot easier to talk to people who, you know, are imprisoned and just have more mundane problems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of puts things in perspective, huh? Definitely, definitely. So uh, you've you've gone through that and now you're now you're licensed to to help people and in, in, in on empowerment and mindset. You've done some speaking as well. Um, and then you specialize in anxiety, trauma, sex, and intimacy. I imagine, you know, a lot of trauma, We, I mean, we have a lot of trauma chat on the show over 16 years. A lot of great authors have been on the show and your, people like yourself. And it, it's become, there's been so much of it that you know, I'm no psychotherapist, but mm-hmm. realizing how much childhood trauma 
just mm -hmm. shapes the whole of one's life is extraordinary to me, especially if it's not if it's not reconciled through therapy and seeing the damage and fallout of what that does, the choices people make and the choices people make in their mates, especially if it's sexual trauma, is just extraordinary. And unfortunately, or hopefully a lot of people are able to re eventually reconcile that. But, you know, the fallout that you have, you know, the, the one... The one thing is hindsight's always twenty twenty, and when you hit about 45, 50, you kind of have this weird thing where you can look back on your life. You seem to come into some sort of perceptual awareness where you can look back in your life and you can be like, there's a lot of wreckage on the way, the, on the way here, and there's kind of a pattern to it. <laughs> Yeah, and the pattern's important. You know, I, I really deeply believe in growth. And I, you know, as a trauma therapist, I don't believe that our trauma defines us. But if you just sit in a trauma, or even, you know, it doesn't even have to be as something as big as a trauma, just in your mm -hmm. own problems, when you don't mm -hmm. look at the patterns and take accountability, that's where your power lives, right? Your yeah. accountability, seeing how you're showing up to your life. What are you doing? What patterns are you repeating? What's getting you into trouble? What doesn't work? Yeah. So, you know, I do think that, you know, having worked at Rikers, I would often think to myself, you know, what kind of a human would I be if I had grown up in these circumstances? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'll never know that answer. Mm -hmm. With that said, you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I do think that pretty much everyone has the power to change. But the, <laughs> you know, sort of the need is a willingness, a willingness mm -hmm. to look at your own bullshit and, and just mm -hmm. really try to get out of it. Can I offer you a counterpoint theory? Because I run on theories that are constantly oh. developing. But it, you mentioned that the trauma doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is would it be more accurate to say trauma? Trauma doesn't define you if you've done the work. Because I can yeah. I can sit with people in their lives and I can tell you after a while I can be like you were raised by a single mother your father was in the home I can I can break you down and I, I can be like you had sexual trauma uh, I can I can listen to someone's thing and then I can tell you how the whole rest of your life worked out you you went mad bad, bad choices with men you know I, so is that do you think that's true in my theory or yeah, I subscribe to that or there's yeah. an asterisk at the end of it which is like, you know you have to empower yourself to move yeah. through it if everything stays the same everything stays the same yeah. So, you know, and we can easily repeat, you know, you know, someone who's been abused can become an abuser if you don't find ways to, you know, have interventions and, and yeah. intercept that. It will define their life. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not only a, a, a client, but I'm also a, whatever that Herman for club, <laughs> but it will define your life. And if you don't get help and you don't, you don't get therapy. And I think people really need to go see a therapist like yourself, a licensed therapist, people, not one of these jackass coaches yeah. that run around there. I mean, there's lots of good coaches, but you need a licensed therapist. Yeah. Okay. You don't need to be investing in fucking crystals and shit. Stop. <laughs> yes, it. That. Yeah. You uh, know, coaches can be great, but, a coach, you know, I, I do coaching work too. I have sure. full disclosure. I have my own coach, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're sort of like, Hey, let's look at the problem, you know, maybe a business problem, maybe a motivation problem mm -hmm. and help you move forward. But mm -hmm. if you have never done the work and looking backwards, that's yeah. a, that's a really difficult. Well, you're a coach doing it with a license. 
That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. <laughs> so I'm going to stand up for you. I mean, you have a you have a thing <laughs> yeah. where you be like someone. I am actually trained in this professionally, yeah. and I, I actually there's standards to the industry. You know, from my understanding of uh, licensed true. therapy, uh, there's ethics and morals, and you know, I mean, I see so many people just making shit up. You know, I don't know crystals and astrology and. Tarot reading cards and whatever sort of, you know, numeric crap. I mean, you're just like seriously. You're in a your life's already a fucking mess, and you're going to use these this this stud data to fix it. But yeah, I, I use it a lot. The the analogy of do the work, and mm-hmm. so I think people until they until they do the work, they just they're just going to keep being a shit show. They're going to keep repeating. They're going to keep dealing what they do and a a lot of the stuff sexual trauma my understanding is the majority probably like 99 percent of people who are in therapy for drugs alcohol addiction they're you know they're i think it's like 99 percent or 98 percent of people who are in rehabs Mm -hmm. have sexual trauma Mm -hmm. and what they're doing is they're using drugs and alcohol and and other different ways to to try and make it go away or tune it out and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them haven't dealt with the trauma, but it's a really big thing. It's a damage that you see going through life and you'll see, you'll see the choices they make with partners, the choices they make with family, the choices they make all through their lives will be shaped mm-hmm. by it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah I don't know that statistic, but that wouldn't surprise me in the mm-hmm. least. You know, we really have two options, you know, when we have endured something that is extremely difficult, which is to face it head on or to escape it. All right. And we are masters of finding ways to escape things. Right. Who doesn't like who wants to necessarily choose sitting in discomfort when we can find a dopamine drip and drugs, alcohol, (laughs) you know, whatever your advice is. Unfortunately, that's the plan until the plan doesn't work anymore. That can only get you so far. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's just that's not where clarity comes from. That's not where growth comes from. And it's, it's just basically not where happiness comes from, you know, before, without all the buzzwords, it's just, you know, if you don't deal with your BS, you're never going to feel good in your life. That's just the truth. Definitely. So you deal particularly with women, help them let go of guilt and shame, how to say goodbye to their anxiety and live a life that's led by passion. One thing I've found with people that have trauma is they've never addressed it. So sometimes they're still hiding it for the guilt and the shame part. Maybe they don't want to address it because, like you said, sitting in it is painful. But that's the only way you can really flush it out. I remember Oprah on one show. It was about it was the Leaving Neverland show, and Oprah did a show after with the two boys. And one of the guys got up who'd been molested by a by a local police officer, and he'd been an NFL player. And he talked about how he kept the poison of his secret. Well, he kept a secret for all of his life, and it had become like a poison in him that had festered. It was just destroying him at every level. And it was until he bled the poison out and started talking to people about his issues, he was able to resolve it. And he, he basically got a comment, something effective, you've got to get the poison out of you. Mm-hmm. And because it just kills you and eats your life. So you talk about radical and relentless self-love and empowerment. What is the radical part about or relentless part about in in getting self-love? Yeah, you know, I love that question. Thank you. So there's a lot of messaging that comes out at us, right? You know, again, I, I get a little bit like particularly for women, but you know, men, men get this too. Mm-hmm. And we have to work harder. We have to be, you know, figure our lives out. We have to have, be a good 
mom, a good parent. And I think there is so much messaging that tells us that we're not good enough. You almost have to meet it with that like radical, like almost unconditional. I love myself no matter what, right? It doesn't matter if I screw up. It doesn't matter if I make mistakes. It doesn't mean if I have, you know, I've made poor decisions in my life, even epically poor decisions in my life. Like I'm still worthy of love. I'm still a human being. And, you know, not the rest of the world might not feel that way about you, but you have to feel that way about yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. that's, if we, if we don't adopt that kind of philosophy, you know, we get into shame and we get into unbelievable regret. We get into anxiety. And I don't think that helps us mm -hmm. move the pendulum to change, right? We want to own our, own our stuff, right? I want to look at the mistakes I have and take ownership of it and really learn, but I don't have to hate myself because of it, because mm -hmm. that self-loathing, it just doesn't get you anywhere. There you go. Yeah. It's it be, because you're just swimming in your, you know, someone, whatever your part of your trauma is, it, it tells you that you're not worthy or it tells you that, you know, you're not good enough, you know, and someone put their damage on you mm -hmm. and, and uh, screw those people. Mm -hmm. Exactly <laughs> that. Exactly <laughs> that. They don't know you. They easily don't know you anymore, whatever the trauma was. And, yeah. and it's your job to rise above it. There's a certain point where, you know, you have to be self-accountable. Do you, do you find that one of the big issues is becoming self-actualized and becoming self-accountable? Yes. Uh, I, I think for some people that have trauma, just acknowledging they had traumas is the hardest part and being like, I was abused. I was traumatized. I was hurt. I think some people con themselves that, well, it was not big of a deal, but it really does have an effect. And sometimes being able to, it, it's like alcohol for AA, you know, mm -hmm. admitting you have a problem is the first step towards yeah. resolving it. That's back to that poison. Like I'm noticing the poisons inside of me and I have to just own that it's there. Yeah. I can't do anything about it if I'm denying its existence. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that I'm like, all right, it's here. What do I do? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of the one, two punch. It's like, all right, we got to acknowledge. And then you actually have to, in your words, I love it. Do the work. Do the work. So, you know, I always think like the analogy I use is it's not enough to commit to go to the gym. Right. Like mm -hmm. that idea, you might have to know that you need a lifestyle change, but if you don't show up, put on the gym clothes and get on the elliptical, nothing is going to actually change. The idea is a great starting point. The commitment is a great starting point. Awareness is a great starting point, but it's not enough. You have to continually show up. There you go. And I'll do a, I'll do a ad here for the licensed therapy group for doing the work. Doing the work does not mean posting flowery memes on your Facebook every five minutes about how you're going to become a new person in a butterfly. Now that's not, this. that's not the work. <laughs> go that's see the therapist. <laughs> I see that all the time on Facebook, yeah. you know, and you can tell like they're going through something like a breakup or whatever and they're they're posting these affirmations that are these positive pump up and jerk off affirmations mm -hmm. i really think and i mean it's great to post one every now and then like, hey here's a great saying by i don't know stoicism i do that mm -hmm. um but when your whole feed is like, i'm going to become a better person and uh, all that good stuff this is just this is crazy man stop yeah. it go see a licensed therapist and do the damn yeah. work and yeah, you know, I'll, I was guilty of that. I will admit, I, I looked back at my beginning stages of my Instagram account and I was like, well, cringe, right? And it was very like, self-care isn't selfish, you know, here's a butterfly. And now what I have found is, you know, I have a, a decent social media following, it's constantly improving. And I think the reason that that's true 
-hmm. is because now I'm actually posting things that people connect to. Mm -hmm. I talk about how to let go of shame in, when you're having sex with your partner, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get naked and feel good about yourself? Are you having a shit body image day, right? Yeah. What does sexual exploration look like for you? Is your anxiety actually getting in your way? And that's on you. You have to do something about it. So it, I've taken a more real approach and, and I, it's much more meaningful and people connect to it way better. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, if you, if you do have shame, I mean, I can see how that especially impacts women and yeah. how they view themselves, how they view themselves in society, et cetera, et cetera. The, you talk about, so don't let your brain bully you. Mm. What is, what are some of the ways that we can help avoid doing that? My, my brain likes to do that too. It has a sort of attitude every now and then. Mine too. So, you know, the ADHD um, is so great, isn't it? Yeah. You know, again, I, I'm going to beat this point. Talk to a licensed therapist because they can help <laughs> your particular brand of what's bullying you. But the general answer is, you know, I really love mindfulness. And when the way that I use mindfulness is not sort of the hippy dippy way that shows up on social media. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness to me is just knowing what's going on without judgment and learning mm -hmm. how to slow your brain down. So, you know, especially with high functioning people, especially successful people, you know, their brain buzzes, like yeah. doesn't shut off. And a lot of the time, that's why we're successful. Yeah. If we have poor boundaries, we're going to be the first to show up to work. We're going to be the last ones to leave. We're going to answer our emails on our weekends, right? Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of reward for that. So it can be difficult to discern how is my anxiety, my rumination, my constant brain buzz helping me and motivating me and when is it getting in my way and if you're laying in bed at night and you can't sleep and you're constantly thinking that is not a good use of your energy that is a good signal that your brain is needs a needs a break it just needs a break you need to get out of your own way and those are skills right and they're unique skills so mindfulness we often think of as like meditation that's mm -hmm. a great application of it i don't meditate that's it's i'm a licensed therapist that does not meditate that's okay for me i find other things you can play video games you can cook oh. dinner you can go walk your damn dog it doesn't matter it's just training your brain to kind of get that break and notice what you're actually thinking right our mm -hmm. thoughts the more we think something the more easy that thought is to come up if i think i'm amazing that thought is going to lead me to pick good partners it's going to lead me to good jobs if i start to think i'm a fucking failure it leads me to you know, make poor choices. And what we don't realize is once we repeat that thought, it repeat it doubles, it triples, it quadruples. And now we've thought that thought a hundred thousand times. And it's just like running like the baseline of our brain. We don't yeah. have to actively notice it. Yeah. The, it, I think it's part of the reticulary activating system. I'm not sure, but mm. yeah, that, that part of the brain can really whip you. And, yeah. and uh, especially if you're in depression or high ADHD mode, you know, ADHD is great. They call it the CEO's disease. And you're right. A lot of people that are highly successful have ADHD to the extreme. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, hopefully you can learn to either medicate it through proper medication. Don't do like I did for vodka for 20 years. But uh, that or you can just learn to ride ride the wave and, and control the brain and, and shut down when you get that weird stuff. Eckhart Tolle kind of helped me deal with some of that in being present. Mm -hmm. So in, in focusing and trying to be present and shutting down that mind because you're like, hey, asshole, I can't do, I can't fix all that shit in the past. Mm -mm. I, can't, I can't fix the stuff in the future that you're freaking out about. All I can do is what's here right now in front of me in this moment. And this is the only control period I have. So you can beat me up about, I don't know, I hurt someone's feelings 10 years ago or whatever, you know, whatever. It, I can't deal with that. 
there's no there's no reason to have this conversation sometimes i just tell my brain to shut up and leave me alone and that that's i mean honestly that's actually you're interrupting a thought right and you're just like <laughs> stop i mean when i teach children yeah. that's what we teach we're like just say hey stop right? mm -hmm. like you know as grown-ups we can get more colorful language yeah but you know that that is all good tactics you know the other thing i like to advise is i love what's called somatic psychology and all that really is is acknowledging that there's a mind-body connection so we, we have a lot of intel to ourselves. If I'm thinking something and I like drop into my body and my shoulders are forward, I'm grinding my teeth, I have a headache, sweating, that's a good indicator to me that the thought that I'm having is not being particularly helpful, mm -hmm. right? If my heart is racing. If I think, all right, this is difficult, but I can do it, that probably isn't a particularly triggering thought. You're gonna feel like your shoulders are gonna relax. Maybe you even feel motivated. So the learning how to kind of listen to your own intuition, like you have the answers, you are the answer. So mm -hmm. is this not helpful or is it hurtful? Mm -hmm. You know, you know. It, oh yeah. You just have to kind of like tune into that radar, which none of us really know how to do well because we don't get taught that kind of thing in school. Oh you know? yeah. Listen to your inner voice is not like a very powerful thought that we have, right? So it's like we just develop anxiety and we don't even know it's anxiety. It, yeah. It's just making us feel like trash. Yeah. Meanwhile, the only thing they're teaching us is algebra and other crap that unless you're yeah. a scientist, you'll never use. And uh, then you have anxiety about that. So yep. congratulations. Good job, school. <laughs> they need to teach more life skills. I, yeah. I, I love teachers and they do such a great job at changing the world. But, you know, we need to teach more life skills instead of, I don't know, you know, like how, how to use credit. Uh, yeah. how to but how to balance a budget how to balance your checking account how to not get a whole lot of credit maybe you should pick a good job if you're going to take out a loan for mm -hmm. college you know the life skills teach people fucking parenting yes, <laughs> parenting yes. Skills. or uh, you know i mean i don't even think they teach stuff like they used to teach nowadays then back in my day they would teach the girls like they would have to take care of an egg <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of silly to think about but when you kind of thought about it, you're like this kind of makes sense i mean you, yeah. you learn you have to you have to start learning to think outside yourself and for another sort of being or imaginary being yeah. but and i know i i you know i talked to the gals and they'd be like yeah you know trying to do the thing and you know it kind of it gave them perspective and you know you think about something that you probably wouldn't think about when you're in your yeah. teens but i don't even think they do that now I had the yeah. same thing. We had a doll, but instead, yeah. instead of an egg, I think I, <laughs> our, our school was fancy. But they had a doll. They actually gave a doll. We had a doll. Yeah. And it tried. <laughs> I think. I think the problem with the egg, the the trick with the egg was if you broke the fucking egg, yeah, then you were banned from being a mother ever oh. or something. I don't know. I don't know consequences. <laughs> just like you were, you know, you were a sign that it just was never going to work out for you. But no, I'm sure it did. It's just an egg for Christ's sake, people. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what, I don't know. I don't have, a, I'm not going to do that baby joke. So I'll just let you guys make up one in your head. That's probably worse. So what is the secret to ending shame and finding empowerment? How do we get empowered? Is it, is it through self-actualization or self-accountability or... I would say all of the above, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it really just like can't stress this point enough. It, the empowerment lies in, in us, right? So I have this cheesy sentence that I say to myself quite often, which is my response is my responsibility, right? I'm allowed to be pissed. My partner's going to screw up. I'm allowed to have bad days. I'm allowed to make mistakes, but how I show up to that is on me. 
right? Mm -hmm. So like I used to do couples counseling. I don't anymore. It's super hard and I hate it. <laughs> but when I did it, you know, someone would be like, okay, but I wouldn't have behaved that way if you didn't X, Y, Z. And I get that thought, but it leaves you stuck, right? Yeah. So it's okay. I, I'm allowed to be angry, but I was not allowed to whatever you did. I'm not allowed to punch a wall. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's where the empowerment lives is really taking your own life and taking responsibility for it, for your choices. Mm -hmm. You know, I even hear people that are like, I'm stuck in a marriage. It's like, no one really gets stuck in things. That doesn't mean that choices aren't extremely difficult or there aren't mm -hmm. going to be challenges or considerations, right? It's pretty yeah. privileged to just get to leave your husband or your wife, but you do have the power to change your life. And I always pitch my big three, which is flexibility, creativity, and patience. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of get adaptable, how could else can my, what kind of support do I need? Where can I lean in for that support? What do I need? Life changes, right? It just does. Definitely. Like, oh shit, okay, I'm, I'm in control, right? I, I didn't happen upon this life by chance. I made strategic choices along the way that put me mm -hmm. here. And I could theoretically make strategic choices to get me out. Right. Yeah. And that to me is like, that's liberation, that's freedom, that's empowerment. Right. Definitely. You know, it, it's interesting because I've heard that line before you're stuck in a marriage or I'm mm -hmm. stuck in a marriage. And when you listen to it, the victimhood nature of it, I'm stuck in a marriage. This is happening to me. I didn't cause any of this to happen. I didn't contribute in any way. I'm just trapped in a marriage. And really, you should separate it by probably commas or something. I'm not an English <laughs> professor, but. You're stuck in a marriage. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. And you're, or put the comment behind stuck. You're stuck. You're the one who's stuck in a marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it's interesting to me. I see this a lot. I, a good example is the lack of self-accountability. Yesterday, I posted a, a joke meme in one of our dating groups where a guy's in a car with a woman and he goes, hey, hey check out that dog there on the corner. And, and the guy goes, I don't like dogs. And then that shows in the next slate, it's a comedy bit, the <laughs> next slate, the dog's in the seat where the woman was and the woman's on the side of the road being left behind. And, uh, you know, it's a joke thing. Those of us who have dogs, you know, we, we're just, if you meet somebody who's like, I don't like dogs, you're like, oh. that's cool. Have a nice <laughs> life. And some woman wrote this thing that was just, the most, <laughs> I was just like, just right out of left field, she wrote, you know, I never date anyone with dogs. My ex had dogs and he loved the dogs better than his children. So I would never date you or anybody else. And it was like, wow, thanks, Karen. Thanks for showing up there. Thanks for contributing your bit. Like, thanks for shoving your poor choices on everybody. But, you know, I said, I looked at it and I'm like, so... You know, most dogger owner people know I are good people. I'm not saying people don't own dogs are, are not good people, but <laughs> we're better than you. 100%. And <laughs> and uh, we have a soul. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Cat people are just fine. No. But uh, it, it was funny to me because I'm like, you don't have any self-accountability in your language. You chose that person. Yes. And you, so you are a bad picker. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 yeah. part of the problem. You know, yes. I don't know. I don't know what it is. When I grew up, married people always say, "Hey, you know, fifty fifty. It's a it takes it takes fifty fifty to make a relationship where it takes two people to tango. So uh, you know, it's a fifty fifty thing. You know, and I would hear people get divorced and say that, but now it's just like 
you know, you would think that people were Jesus Christ in their relationships and the other person was, I don't know, Satan. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, did you do anything wrong in that relationship? No, no, it was all them. You know, you meet people, you meet people now that are like all my last 15 exes were narcissists and you're like, wow, considering that, considering that actual narcissists represent maybe three to 5% of the population. Yeah. What did you, did you just go down to the narcissist shop every time you need a new relationship? Like, how did you hit all the buttons at once and score the lottery there, man? Yeah. Like maybe you should play the lottery, but uh, and it all comes down to that, that language that's self-defeating and, and lack of self-accountability, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah play that tape forward with the woman with the dog. It's like, okay, if she's taking <laughs> no ownership in the choices that she's making, what's the next relationship going to look like? All right. Maybe oh, yeah. a dog, but like insert yeah. different problem under a different brand. Right? Yeah. So I remember I had one friend. Hey, go ahead with your thoughts. No, no, no. That's it. Go ahead. I remember I had one friend. He married a woman and he was literally her fifth marriage. I'm not even yeah. kidding you. Like, I don't know. I, I, I wish I'd met him before he'd done it. I'm like, what? Because I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And he married a woman. He was her fifth marriage. And she had in her, she had some, definitely some childhood trauma. She hadn't worked out. So, but in he, every relationship, she had browbeaten the man with jealousy over, you're going to cheat on me until they finally drove them to cheat. And I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't look at another woman. He couldn't glance at another woman, you know, and men do, we, we have that natural tendency. It's in our biology to look, but you know, most of us don't do anything about it, but we look. And uh, so, I mean, he, he, and he would deal with this woman going through these trauma issues and no matter what he did, he couldn't make her feel secure and her feminine. And, (laughs) but every relationship, all five marriages, she driven the guy to the end of to the end of his thing. And I, I've actually been in one relationship with that where you're accused of cheating so much. You finally just go, I should just go fucking cheat. Yeah. Cause I'm guilty of it already. It, yeah. it, it just to get away from this person. And uh, but that self-fulfilling pattern was just yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what we call it in psychology, a self-fulfilling prophecy. The thing I'm worried about absolutely the most in the world will be the thing that actualizes because I put so much damn energy into this. Yeah. And it, it was, and it, you, you see, you would see how destructive it was in people's lives and stuff. What are some other things you want to tease out to people to get them on board with you? Let's talk about some of the services you do. You have a newsletter that you do. You have the coaching, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I offer, you know, a, a big part of my whole spiel here is, you know, I have a private one-to-one way to work with me and that is the best, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight up. I get to work with you. I get to look at your particular branch of problems and we problem solve and we hope that you lead an unstoppable damn life. So, you know, you can find out more about that on my coaching program. It's called becoming unstoppable, but then I also offer, you know, for, to make it more accessible. I do believe that when you do better in your life, I do better in my life. Everybody does damn better in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Really functioning people make a better society. So I offer a newsletter and I, you know, really try to talk about mental health, wellness. I kind of joke that it's like story time meets tools, right? Like I actually want to share some of the things Mm -hmm. that I've learned, not just have an inspirational post. And that's on my website, a note from your therapist.com. It's called the inner circle. And I'm starting a podcast myself. And it'll actually, uh, we relaunch in two weeks, February. Nope. February. Yeah. February, February 14th, Valentine's day. 
Oh, there you go. You're going to launch on Valentine. That's a good trauma day. Uh, people are usually getting trauma from what they didn't get on their dates or being That's ghosted, right. or they're sitting around going, why am I unlovable? Yeah. And it's because oh you haven't gosh. done the work. Because yeah. you haven't done the work, but I will help you. I will help you do the work. I think this might be a shirt or a coffee mug. Why am I unlovable? Because <laughs> you haven't done the work. Yep. Do the work, damn it. I'm like, that, I'm like that guy on TikTok who always shames people to go to the gym. Are you looking at me right now? Why are you not at the gym? Look at your flabby abs. I forget what yep. that guy's called. Okay. <clears throat> so there you go. Maybe we should just call that the podcast. Do you have a title for the podcast so people can reference it? Yes, it's called Becoming Unstoppable. Becoming Unstoppable. Podcast. I know. It was It was not my favorite of name, to be fully honest, but the people seem to like it. So we were go. Go. Well, you got to go with what they like. They still hate the Chris Voss show name. Who the hell's Chris Voss? I'm like, I don't know, some idiot with a mic. But it, it, it's worked for 16 years, 15 years or something okay. like that. Um, <clears throat> people come on and go, hey, this guy has really amazing guests on the show. He's an idiot, but the <laughs> guests are amazing. And uh, you learn so much. So people can reach out to you by your email, go to your website, okay. all that good stuff. And uh, please, people, do the work. Talk to a licensed therapist. Don't do crystals. Stop it. Stop doing that. And memes on memes on Facebook don't work. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. If, if you want to do a meme every day and then, do it. But we can all see your freaking bleed, bleed out trauma. Like, <laughs> I, I see some people and I just want to reach out to them. I'm like, are you fucking okay? Because you're not. Maybe I should just start handing out cards and get some affiliate money from referrals to licensed professionals. Maybe that's what I need to do. That way I'd at least feel like I, I should reach out from a monetary aspect and I can make a buck or two in case they yell at me. Because usually they don't take it very well if you if you're like, Hey man, why are you a psycho? Yeah. That's pretty much it's most of the DMs I get personally <laughs> that people write me and like, why are you a psycho? Yeah. So there you go. So thank you very much, Allison, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Give us your .com one more time. Yeah, a note from your therapist.com, and it's the same on social media, and a note from your therapist. There you go. So thank you for coming by the show. Thanks for enlightening us, and uh, good stuff. Great luck with your new podcast. People should yeah. check that out as well. You can kind of learn about doing the work. It kind of start down down the path, but there's, you know, here's a here's another PSA I'll give. There's mm -hmm. no shame in getting therapy. Oh, thank you. It really great. is not. You don't have to tell anybody if you don't want to. You don't. But there's no shame in it. There's no shame in saying, I think something's wrong and not working. And if you've lived long enough where, you know, you're starting to see a pattern, go get therapy. Like mm -hmm. I have people, you know, one of my favorite things people will do on like Facebook or social media is be like, if you could go back and talk to your 16 or 18 year old self, what would you tell yourself? And people are always surprised at my answer. I'd be like, go into freaking therapy. Oh, love um, it. I had bad ADHD back then. I was I was checking the door like 20 times a night to make sure it was locked, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think my brother was washing his hands to the point they would bleed. We both yeah. had ADHD, and we really needed some therapy. He still does, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Allison, for getting, coming on the show, and uh, I think we've made an advertisement for a licensed therapy now, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get hate mail from all the crystal coaches, and that's fine because I'm just going to refer him to you. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter. I think grows like a weed. I didn't know there are many active agents on LinkedIn. Go to 130,000 group over on LinkedIn as well. Chris Foss one on the TikTok at Ian at ChrisFossFacebook.com. You can see the five or six groups we have over there. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.